Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Mark Dice with us for the next couple hours. His latest work, The True Story of Fake News. The rest of the title is important. How Mainstream Media Manipulates Millions. Now, Mark is an author, media analyst. He specializes in exposing secret societies and the power of mainstream media and celebrities have on shaping our culture and our lives. His YouTube channel has received more than 100 million views. He's been featured on a variety of television shows like Our Ancient Aliens, Conspiracy Theory with the uh, Jesse Ventura and Secret Societies of Hollywood. Mark, welcome back. It's always good to have you on the show. Always good to be with you. Certainly is a strange, exciting, and sometimes scary time to be alive. Oh, my gosh. Tonight's topic is certainly fitting for our current climate in the country. We're going to look at some past historical events of fake news, but give us the perspective, Mark, of the definition of what fake news is. You know, fake news... It has been around for hundreds of years. We'll get into some of the earlier examples. It was called different things. It was called propaganda, called a hoax, uh, called even conspiracy theories. But as we all unfortunately know now, immediately after the 2016 election, the term was sort of coined and propelled to the consciousness of everybody in the country. And it sort of took on a whole new meaning uh, as really an example of it, that the ultimate goal, I think, of, of this whole hysteria, not to say that there isn't a problem with fake news now that we're all connected through Facebook and social media mm-hmm. and anybody can post anything and can have it go viral and, and be seen and heard by just as many people as something on the network news. But we'll see, we can get into it later in the show, that this is really kind of a, a disguise in order to kind of clamp down on the rising independent alternative media to try to drive people back to the, to the mainstream. And we'll see that most of the fake news really isn't coming from some random websites or the, the Russians. It, it is coming from the mainstream media. It's it's planned out as well, isn't it? This is not just a fluke or an accident. I've, I've seen two different kinds of fake news, Mark. One is very deliberate, planned, methodical releases of stories. We'll get into that. And then I've seen things where people are just playing around, having fun. They've killed off a celebrity. It goes all over the place. I mean, even I almost got duped one day when I looked, and I'm not even going to mention the name of the celebrity. I don't want to kill the poor guy off again. But he pops up on the website, and he's dead. And I go, oh, my God, I haven't heard anything about this. And then you check, and it's not real. Right after the election, they compiled a list of maybe the top 10 or so viral fake news stories. And I mean, eight out of 10 of them weren't even really fake news. They were more or less satire or parody. And perhaps the title caught people's attention and people read maybe the first paragraph of the article. 
and they didn't get to the meat of it where it really starts to just go off into left field. And it, it should be obvious to anyone that it's something like the onion or, or a satire making fun of something. And these were examples. I mean, 60 Minutes did an investigation into fake news. And one of the examples that they showed was a story about how Trump got a colonoscopy and they, the doctor discovered a brain tumor. I mean, like, it's it's obvious what that joke is. He's got his head up his rear. Ding, ding. Brain tumor. <laughs> I mean, but this is one of the examples. Another one was uh, a, a, somebody at a hotel, a maid, walked in with Trump, and he was... Uh, you know, he was doing drugs, and he had some hookers there, and 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 then it gets into in, uh, really quite hilarious where she saw a, a dog on the floor, but she thought it was his hair, and it 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 isn't fake news; it's a parody, it's satire, clickbait. You know, some of these fake news stories during the election did get shared by some people in the campaign. Corey Lewandowski, the one-time campaign mm-hmm. editor retweeted a, a fake news story from a website that was designed to look like an ABC or an NBC news website. They had a different extension instead of the .com, which obviously is taken. It was, you know, .com, .de. It was a, it was a hoaxing website. But the, the amount of, of fake news that was spread... Is, is in no way comparable to what people actually believe. Well, I was going to ask you that. Why are they so gullible? It's not that they're, people even believe it. Just because somebody clicks on something that someone shares on Facebook doesn't mean that they actually believe it. It's, it's a clickbait title out of curiosity. Someone clicks on it. Most people know that it's fake. You can see one of the top thumbed-up comments in people's Facebook posts that says this is clearly fake. So just because people were clicking on these viral stories, just because they went viral, doesn't mean that anybody actually believed them. And there have been studies by, by uh, different universities, different independent research firms that have found that most people didn't believe the fake news. Well, that's, that's good. But I would guess, based on demographics, more younger people would be more apt to believe these stories than older people. What do you think? Yeah, because they don't have the life experience. They obviously haven't been around the globe that many times, so they're, they're, they, they don't have the worldly knowledge and the historical base. So that they are, and they're in this online world, this this 15-second news cycle where they, they click and retweet something before they even really read through it. They want to share it, and then somebody else shares it, the viral ability of these things. But the, the actual effects of this fake news, most of which was parody, satire. There were some opportunists that were putting out fake news, hoping not necessarily to influence the election, but to just make a buck off of advertising by driving people to their mm. websites. Good point. Now, isn't this, would you call fake news, some of it, dangerous? Well, some of it is, and particularly in the ecosystems of social media, because stories, tweets become news. Tweets from random unknown users that have been unconfirmed can go viral, can cause issues to start trending, can cause a frenzy. You know, we, we, we've seen multiple times where actually parody Twitter accounts on online have tweeted out parodies from, let's say, the Republic, uh, the government of North Korea. And these have been picked up by newspapers like USA Today and the New York Times. They just don't fact-check these things. Every time there's a mass shooting, 
these trolls, it's an inside joke to them. They'll tweet out photos of this individual and say that the shooter has been identified as Sam Hyde. And people believe that mm-hmm. they're spreading it around. And so, I mean, it's, it, it's a re- it is a problem, but it's not the problem that the mainstream media is framing it because they have the power. And now Facebook, Twitter, I mean, they are media companies, social media, it's right, right in the name. But these companies drive a lot of news into the mainstream, into television, into print, based off of what's trending. And sometimes, as we can maybe get into later, those trending lists aren't exactly organic. It's not necessarily what everybody is tweeting about or posting about. There's some artificial inflation uh, and suppression in those trending modules. So you can't even really you can't even really believe what's trending as being something that's one of the top stories people are talking about because Facebook employees have blown the whistle that they manipulate the top trending list and they were suppressing certain stories and certain news outlets. Twitter, their um, chief legal counsel actually just admitted in his testimony to the Congressional Committee investigating the, the Russia you know, alleged collaboration that they suppressed tweets, up to 50% of them, when John uh, Podesta's emails were leaked, when the DNC emails were leaked. So they were suppressing 50% of those tweets, trying to prevent those stories from going viral. So there's a whole censorship issue. We're in a really strange Orwellian world. It's a, it's a new media world. It's no longer just a few television stations and a couple newspapers. It's a, it's a very strange media landscape that we're in. And that's why it's important that people become media literate so that they don't get swept away in some massive wave of, of disinformation. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.